There's just something about singing, isn't there? It kind of changes the atmosphere. It has the power to change something in, in you, right? Something changes in our own heart. Something shifts when we sing. I learned a new song last month. Uh, last month, uh, down in Texas, uh, we were there taking care of things at my mom's house. And we got to spend a lot of time with our five-month-old nephew, who is almost six months old now. And, and he's a really great little guy. He is, is generally pretty happy. He's, he's really chill for the most part. He's gotten just to the point where he's, he's learning how to do kind of all those little goo-goos and gagas, And he's especially talkative in the morning when he wakes up. He'll just sort of mumble along. And it's adorable. Right? It is great. And, and overall, like I said, he's pretty chill. He does not cry that much unless he has a need. You know, if he's hungry, if he's tired, if he's, he's dirty, whatever it is. That, and then once that's been taken care of, he tends to quiet back down. Uh, and and that's, that's great. But every now and then, he can really wail. And, and when he wails, he, he really just gets gets going. Uh, but the, the surefire way to get him to calm down was this song. Baby beluga in the deep blue sea, swim so wild and swim so free, heaven above and the sea below, and a little white whale on the go. I did not know that I was going to learn that song. But I learned that song last month. We heard it just about every day we were there. And my brother and his wife have these beautiful harmonies they'll sing with it. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. And, and he loves this song, Baby Beluga, right? And, and it's like some kind of spell. It just quiets him right down and he lights up and, and he loves it. And lullabies are, are a real thing. I mean, lullabies really do have this power to, to kind of calm a person down. You may have one that you sing to your own child or, or your grandchildren, uh, or, or maybe there's one that you used to sing to them when they were young. And some of you may even remember a lullaby that your own parents sang to you when you were young. And these songs have the ability to shift something. And the atmosphere, the power to really change something in a person. Here, here's another story. A couple years ago, my, my mom, my brother, and I went to visit my aunt and uncle in Tennessee. And uh, we hadn't really spent much time with them for a while. Our aunt had had Alzheimer's for several years and, and was in pretty severe stages. Uh, and, and so she also had a kind of aphasia, which means she can't really speak much anymore. And, and so she was pretty much unable to talk, and, and she could look around the room and, and sometimes smile a bit in response to something, but most of the time, she was fairly glazed over, uh, not all that responsive. But, but one afternoon, my brother pulled out his headphones, and he asked my uncle, what are some of your favorite songs? Do the two of you have a song you know, what, what were some of the, the favorite songs that the two of you had uh, throughout 
your life and, and your, your relationship. And, and he began to put together a little playlist online. And once he had done that, he, he put those headphones on her and hit play. And the transformation was almost instant. It was amazing. Her, her glazed over face lit up. And she started smiling and, and looking around the room, and she started rocking back and forth a little bit in her chair. Our uncle was startled. He was amazed, and he, he had tears in his eyes. He had not seen her this active, this responsive, this alive in months. And somehow these songs that she was listening to had the power to shift something in the atmosphere and to shift something in her right? There's just something really powerful about singing. I'm sure many of you can recall some moment with, with music and with song that, that something was stirred in you, right? It, it, it has the power to calm us down. It has the power to stir us up. But it also has another really special ability. I want you to take a look at the screen for this. this movie? Remember the Titans? Yeah. All right. I, I used to be in, in a choir, and every year we would make this trip to this choir competition, and every year we watched this movie on the bus, right? On the way there, we would watch this movie, and, and if you've seen it or if you, if you haven't, you, you may remember it's, it's about one of the first schools to integrate after segregation, and, and it's specifically about the way that their football team led the way in that kind of integration. And throughout the movie, there, there are fights, there are disagreements between different races, different classes. But, but after working through a great deal of prejudice and conflict, this scene depicts their newfound unity with song. They, they join together on the field, and they begin to sing and chant together. And I think this is why our choir director wanted us to watch this movie on the trip, right? Because song not only has the ability to calm down and stir up, it also has the ability to unite. Because it's a powerful thing to hear the sound of, of voices raising and joining together. But it's all the more powerful to know that your voice is one of the ones among that chorus. It's a sign that though we are many, our voices 
are one. In perfect harmony, sounding forth together. So all of this to say, it is no wonder that the people of God have always been a singing people. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to be reading verses 15 through 20 together. And as you're turning there, I'll remind you, last week we began a new series, kind of looking through our worship time together, looking through our liturgy together. We said that if you want to know what a church believes, then watch the way they worship And we talked a little bit about the history and the meaning of the word liturgy and how that shapes and forms us. So if you missed that, you can catch a recording of it online. As we continue the series, we are going to just each week shine a little spotlight on a different part of our liturgy together, our worship together. And today, this week, I want to look at really a significant portion of of our liturgy. I want to consider what happens when we sing. What happens as we come together and sing each week? So Ephesians chapter 5, beginning of verse 15, let's hear the word of the Lord. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times, and for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of song and for the opportunity to sing together. And thank you for the words of your scripture. I pray that as we consider these words together, that you would sharpen our minds and soften our hearts, that we might know you and love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we're looking at this, this text from Ephesians, some of you may know that most of Paul's letters are made up of kind of two primary sections. Usually, the first section of, of any of Paul's letters kind of are more theological in nature. You know, they reflect on the greatness of God and the, the goodness of the gospel. And then the second part of most of Paul's letters are a little bit more practical. Paul kind of describes how that theology is going to work out in the life of the people. And as we can see, our passage falls in that kind of practical life part of Paul's letter. It opened by saying, be careful then how you live, indicating that Paul is about to get really practical about how we live. And I absolutely love this because one of the very first practical things that Paul instructs people to do is sing. 
He says, if you want to live not as unwise people, but as wise people, then be a people who sing. Paul knows, just as we've been talking about this morning, that song has a power to transform people. He knows that singing is not foolish, but wise. And so he instructs people to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I love the freedom in this because we can sing psalms that we actually find in Scripture. We can sing hymns that have been formerly written and set to words and music. And we can also sing spiritual songs, which are a little bit more spontaneous and new and responsive to what God is doing in the moment. As I was researching this week, I learned that the word song used in the phrase spiritual songs is the same word that's used to describe a rooster's call. And so the the sun rises and the rooster responds by singing out. And, well, God moves in our lives, and so we also respond by singing out, right? This is what happens. And this singing, as Paul describes it, is wise, and it's practical. It has the power to transform us. So the question is, well, how are we transformed by song? Right? What actually happens as we sing? Well, I think one of the primary ways that song transforms us is, like Remember the Titans, it unites us. And so as we continue reflecting on the passage, I want to consider some ways that we are united in song. Because through singing, I think we are united with God. We are united with each other. We are united within our own selves, and we are even united with the angels and the saints and the heavens. So let's consider each of these together. First, as we sing, we are united with God. All right? One of the mysteries of the Christian faith is that God is Father, Son, and Spirit Right, we, we just sing that. We believe that God is one. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And we believe that God is three. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the word we use to describe this mystery is triune. Triunity. Right? Three and one. We see this at work in our passage. If you look Closely, look at the end of verse 18. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. And then in verse 20, he says, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit at work in this passage. And right at the heart of the passage is song. Now, the mystery of the Trinity will boggle the mind. Church councils wrestled with this and debated it at length for the first few hundred years of our faith. And because it's so mysterious, there have been many metaphors and attempts to describe the triune God. One metaphor that maybe you've heard before is the metaphor of an egg, right? An egg has a shell, it has the white, and it has the yolk. You know, it's three, but it's one. 
Another metaphor is, is uh, states of matter. You have solid and liquid and gas, ice, water, and, and vapor. Each is distinct, but each is all the same substance, right? Or another made popular by St. Patrick is the metaphor of the three-leafed clover. It's three, but it's one. And then there are visual metaphors, like the Celtic knots, right, made up of three strands that are woven together into one. Or maybe the image of a triangle, three sides, but only one shape, right? And all of these different metaphors are are helpful. They're, They're ways of trying to wrap our minds around this mystery of God. But perhaps one of the most profound metaphors for God is many and God is one is what we do together each week as we gather and sing. Now, I, I want to try something out that needs your participation, right? And we have three sections, so this is perfect, all right? So we'll start over here. I know you guys can sing because we've already done it today. Um, so, so together, join me. Uh, just keep that going. Uh, uh, keep going. Uh, this is the sound of God. Every week as we sing, we enter into the mystery of God. We enter into the mystery of the Trinity. And we experience for ourselves as we sing. We become united with God as all of our many voices join together and ultimately join the voice of God who is Father and Son and Spirit. And so as we sing, we are united with God. But also, we're united with each other. So look back at verse 19. He says to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. So singing is essentially a communal act. It's something that we do together. And I think that singing together shows us what it's like to truly be in community with each other, right? So now, last week, we looked at the Lord's Prayer, and we kind of talked through that, but there's another text that might actually more accurately be described as the Lord's Prayer. It's found in John chapter 17, and the entire chapter is a prayer that Jesus prays just before he is arrested and taken to the cross. And in this prayer, he prays for God's glory. He prays for his 12 disciples who are with him, I guess 11 at that point. And he also prays for all the other disciples who will come to follow him in the future. And that's us. And all the centuries of people who've gone before and all those who will come after. And speaking of all of these people, in John 17, verse 21, Jesus prays that they may all be one, 
As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that they may be one, as we are one. I and them, you and me, that they may be completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. So in this prayer that Jesus prays in John 17, he asks that what is true of God, the Trinity, would also be true of God's community. That the many would be one. He prays that we, the church, would be one, just as he and his Father are one. And this is also a great, mysterious thing. What does it mean for us to be one as a community? Well, most of the time, we think about our place in the world sort of spatially, right? We, we bring our, our spatial imagination to the way that we think about where we are and who we are in the world. I am here and you are there. The, the rich are here and the poor are there. The privileged are here. The marginalized are there. My culture is here. Your culture is there. So on and so forth. We could continue, right? We divide the world up into different spaces that we all have to compete for. And I think that this way of seeing the world and thinking about the world is one of the reasons why there's so much inequality in the world. Because it forces us to see ourselves in competition with each other, in competition for space. And when we imagine community and society the same way that we do visual space, we know that it's impossible to really be united. Because any painter knows that you can't have blue and yellow in the same place on the canvas because either one will cover the other up or it'll turn into green. Right? You can't actually have two different things in one place together, visually. But there's a musician and a theologian whose name is Jeremy Begbie, and he describes a different kind of space. Not visual space, but sound space. Because in visual space, you can have blue or yellow or green but you can't have all of them together at once. But in sound space, you can have, let's do this again, ah, and, ah, and, ah, all together in one space at the same time. In sound space, all of these voices can join together, coexisting in the same space together. Not one diminishing any others, but each one creating harmony. This is what it's like to be in true community together. Every one of us with our own voice to share not competing with each other, but joining one another. 
And as we sing each week, we are united together. And we get to experience a little taste of what true community is as our many voices become one. So song, it unites us with God. And it unites us with one another. And it also unites us within our own selves. Look back at verse 19 again. He says, To sing among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts. All right, now now if we're honest, each one of us can probably admit to having a certain bent to us, right? Some of us are heart people. Some of us might be more mind people, right? Some are thinkers. Some are feelers. Some probably prefer Bible study and learning, while others maybe prefer prayer and worship. And, and no matter which end of this spectrum you're on, I think we have all experienced the divide between the heart and the mind at some point, right? Every one of us has been in a situation where we felt one thing and we thought another, right? From, from complex moral dilemmas to, to simply getting out of the bed in the morning. We, we have all experienced moments where we thought one thing and felt something quite different. And the same is true in our own faith. That sometimes our hearts are moved toward God and our minds don't have any idea how to explain it. And other times, our minds ask questions about God and our hearts don't know what to feel about it. But song is a unique place that can actually bring all of this together. Song is a unique medium. It it joins the expressive emotion of music with the thoughtful reason of words. It is a unique place where our minds and our hearts are simultaneously engaged and join together in an act of worship to God. Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart your soul, your mind, and your strength. And song is a really unique place where all of this comes true. Because our hearts and souls are moved by the music that we hear. Our minds reflect on the words that we're saying. And even our bodies are engaged as we breathe and our voices sound forth and and often we, we begin to sway or, or lift our hands together, right? This is what happens when we sing. All of us, our whole being, is joined and engaged in loving God. So I encourage you, if, if you tend during song to pay more attention to the music, then maybe next time around, spend some time really considering the words. Or... If you're someone who who really pays more attention to the words of a song, then then maybe let yourself be moved by the music that you hear. Let your whole self be engaged. So 
So in singing, we are united with God. We're united with each other. We're even united within our own selves and hearts and mind and body. And there's one more way that I think we are united in singing. Because throughout Scripture, there, there are several moments where we get a glimpse into the throne room of God. We see this throughout many of the prophets. We see it poetically in the Psalms. We see it again from the passage in Revelation that Kelly opened us with this morning in worship. And each of these is a description of what is happening in the heavenly realm right now. Isaiah describes angelic beings surrounding God and calling out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And then in Revelation that we heard just earlier this morning, it describes creatures across the whole earth, saints from every nation singing loudly with full voice, honor and glory and blessing. You see, right now, at this very moment, all of creation, the angels and the saints are singing and praising God. That's happening now. And if we could just sort of peel back the layers and, and get a glimpse into that, we would see all creation worshiping God. And every week, as we come together and sing, we join with that song. We join in the song of the heavens. And we also join in that battle against all things that are dark and all things that are evil. And this is how we are transformed. This is how the world is redeemed. So as we close, I want to just remind you again, singing is incredibly practical. Be careful then how you live, Paul says. One of the very first instructions he gives is to sing. So my challenge to you this week is let your days be filled with music and with song. This will come naturally to some of you. And for others, maybe it'll be a stretch. But let it calm you down. Let it stir you up. And ultimately, let it transform you. And as we sing, may we be united with God. United with each other. United in our own selves and even united with the angels and the saints in heaven. As we go through our week, may we praise God from whom all blessings flow. May we praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let's continue by singing this together.